the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Day after day, I'm more confused. Yet I look for the light through the pouring rain. You know that's a game that I hate to lose. I'm feeling the strain Ain't it a shame oh, give me the beach, Good morning Good morning I thought a little, you know, Dobie Gray calm you know, you know. Is that okay? Oh, I didn't know who sang it I know the song Yeah, Gray song. I, I need the calm music here Because I'm about ready to explode Okay. I, About I mean, what? You know, I don't know. Well, you know, happy new decade. I was going to say, yeah, trying to be positive to start the new year. Well, off. welcome to the new roaring 20s, right? 21st century style. Okay. Um, I don't know. I just think there's a lot going on. I thought we'd get, you know, so much for a slow start to the new year. Um, but, you know... There's a lot, you know, again, mixed signals. We've been talking about that for years on the show. Good morning, everyone. I'm Mark Donnelly, and we've got Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the state planning team. You found Financial Food for Thought, and Carrie will tell a little bit more about that in a, in a minute. But, um, you know, again, it's, it's trying to gear up now. Hope everybody had a good holiday, mm-hmm. healthy holiday. And now it's the idea that we're in the roaring 20s. I mean, least of us is, you know, the election that will be held later in November. But even before that, you know, you know, geopolitical events, you know, when we thought maybe things were going well and, you know, we've got the roaring stock market. Right. We'll talk a little bit about that today. Um, What else we say? I know what everybody wants to talk about, Carrie, and that's the SECURE Act. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, we're going to get started with Secure Act. And again, you know, it, 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 there's going to be a lot there, you know, a lot to that, you know, which was part of the spending bill that Congress passed, you know, right at the end of the year. And we have great, we're, we're fielding many, many calls from our mm-hmm. clients and prospects saying, how does it affect me? What are, you know, and, and once again, you know, I'm not here to defend the logic, fairness, or simplicity of the laws that get passed by our Congress. We're just here to talk about the rules. Mm-hmm. So we'll kind of get that. I also, um, you know, if you're not familiar with the show, you know, normally and during a month, we focus on a particular topic along the financial planning, right? So our January topic is going to be how you can build a custom financial plan. 
And I'm not just talking about, you know, the 10-minute retirement plan, Carrie. You know, that's some version of Benjamin's 4% rule, right? right? And that's a good starting point. I mean, and, and, you know, if you've listened to this show or go back and listen to our podcast, we talk a lot or every once in a while we'll, you know, talk about the 4% rule and what that means and how that's a, you know, what some professionals call that, you know, a 10-minute retirement plan. But a real detailed financial plan that leaves you in a decision-making mode, I believe, is much more deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the 4% rule is a good surface level to see, hey, am I in the ballpark? If I, you know, know what my nest egg is today and I know if I can take, you know, 4% out a year, that gives me a kind of a budget. And I know that money will last for 30 years with some inflation protection, you know, and all that good stuff. But that, yeah, I think you know it, it. It's too surface level, right? It, right. It, it doesn't it, tell you how to create the income as tax efficiently as possible. It, it doesn't yeah. avoid potential problems or traps or. And in reality, you don't spend the same amount every year for the next thirty years. No. Some years you'll have to spend more. Some years you spend less. And then we have all these other things, these milestones that happen to us. During our lifetimes, you know, whether, you know, it's turning 59 and a half or six, age 65 or age 62, if you're starting Social Security or, or Medicare at 65 or required minimum distributions, which for the longest time we said begin at age 70 and a half. But, Carrie, now we have to start saying it depends. Right. It's requirement. not. So, right. And that's so one of the questions we'll we get. That. So that's what we'll talk about. And then so in January, you know, all the you know, the weekends in January on this uh, radio show, we will be highlighting how to build a custom financial plan. So, Carrie, why don't you get us started? All right. Well, good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. And we are here every Saturday morning on 1428. Um, AM between nine and 10. And we've been doing this radio program a long time. It's a financial educational talk program. We're not here to talk about um, investments or actually what we do is well, we're going to talk about custom financial plans today. And the estate planning team that sponsors this program has been around more than 35 years now, helping people in the greater Cleveland area solve problems, save money, use opportunities, and helping people that are both working and retired. And like I said, we don't do investments. Our clients either do their own investments or we work closely with their existing investment advisor. We do look at the assets in the planning in terms of risk. How much risk are you taking on or how much risk do you need to take on to be okay? Um, growth, what growth rate do you need and tax efficiency. And um, we build these long-term financial plans. We also have um, offer a free no obligation consultation for people who want to come in and see how our process is different. And we only recommend our services if you're someone who can benefit from the planning process. And we can do consultations by phone or in person. Our home office is in Middleburg Heights. We have offices around the greater Cleveland area, but oftentimes people are busy. They want to see is this even appropriate? And we can do that by phone. Yeah. And actually, you know, being being in Cleveland in the winters, you know, sometimes bad weather, you know, gives us an idea that maybe we don't want to travel outside. So we have many clients and, and new people coming to see us that, especially in the winter, we do a lot more phone, you know, whether it's the initial consultation, as you mentioned, Carrie, or actual planning sessions. It's also flu season, so we know how people, right. you know, are are careful around that aspect. So that's why the phone, you know, today with the with the right. emails and the, you know, people are getting more used to that, and and you know, faxes or you know, you know, just getting information back and forth electronically. Um, we find that especially people who are still working, you know, 
that the phones can keep the process going. Right. But certainly if you prefer, we do the face to face. Again, we have home offices in Middleburg Heights and offices around the greater Cleveland area. And like our plans are customized, our fees vary. We have hourly options and also comprehensive retainer options for people who maybe want a little bit of help. Pension election, IRA, district, Roth planning, some specific piece versus comprehensive planning where we help people with um, analysis, recommendations, and then help step-by-step step through the implementation process as well as coordination of advisors. And again, we offer that free no obligation consultation. We are accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau and Super Service Award winners multiple years on Angie's list. And you can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. I also wanted to mention Um, We do have our January planning classes scheduled and they will incorporate on the different topics summaries as we on the SECURE Act and how they affect those different topics. And they're both classes are in Middleburg Heights. The classes are all general planning strategies and concepts. The IRA tax qualified asset. So if you have company plans, IRAs or similar assets and Roth, Roth, IRA, yeah, and Roth, Roth planning class, about Roth. Um, it's Roth contributions versus Roth conversion rules um, and techniques. We'll talk about backdoor stri- Roth yes. and barn door Roth. Yeah, if you don't know what those are, that's a good reason to come to the class. We're going to talk about minimum required distributions, um, why that may not be in your best interest. In many cases, it actually creates more tax dollars for the government and what you can do to use the opportunities and minimize the long term tax impact. Then on January 28th at six o'clock is our retirement class for retirees and people thinking about or approaching retirement. And we're focusing on retirement rules that you often hear about that are misused, misunderstood. Um, we're going to talk about um, issues that impact your lifestyle, spending, health care, tax law changes, um, inflation, market, and all those and other common financial disruptors like um, and much more. And you can call 440-239-2090 to register for this free class. There's a great workbook included or call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Okay. And you listen to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. Estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for, we can now say it, Carrie, officially for over 35 years. And we do it one plan, one family at a time. And we certainly have had to amend or, you know, revise pl- uh, clients' uh, custom financial plans when we have major tax law changes. And a lot of people are uh, asking us about, well, what exactly is that SECURE Act all about? And, you know, SECURE stands for, right, setting every community up for retirement enhancement. You know, they're mm-hmm. very clever with their acronyms. Um, so the SECURE Act is something that actually passed in the House back in May of 2019, right? Overwhelmingly, you know, a bipartisan, 417 vote to three nays. And it took a while to get it passed, by, you know, the Senate and everyone else. And it happened as part of the spending bill. You know, you, you know that little spending bill, Carrie, that they passed, uh, you know, at the end mm-hmm. of the year. Um, how much, again, was it? Some number I can't even get my head. It doesn't, it's so big, it 1. doesn't 4 mean trillion? Don't get me started. All right. Um, welcome to the Roaring Twenties. All right. Now, so let's go talk a little bit about the highlights of the SECURE Act, Carrie, and, and the ones that 
uh, our uh, clients and, and listeners most like to. And one is the idea we talked about RMDs that, you know, well, Mark, I hear that it's now the required minimum distributions don't start till age 72. Okay. Compared to the current law we all are familiar with, age 70 and a half. Okay, so when does this take effect? Well, it does take effect right now, you know, starting in 2020. But it only affects those who turn or attain age 70 and a half after January 1st of 2020. So let me repeat that. You know, it only affects, you know, the extended to age 72 only is applicable to taxpayers who attain age 70 and a half after January 1st of 2020. So if you've already attained age 70 and a half prior to the beginning of this month and you are already following required minimum distributions, you keep going on, you know, no difference. There's no change for you. OK, um, it's it affects people who attain age 70 and a half after January 1st of 2020. All right. Now, um, there's also another, you know, part of the RMD question, Carrie, is people are asking about, well, aren't they, aren't they changing how much I have to take out every year? Okay, so Carrie, this is where, um, you know, it's kind of mixing in two different things that are happening in our complicated tax code, right? So besides the Secure Act. Um, remember, we on this show, we were talking back in November, the IRS issued proposed regulations that they were going to update the life expectancy tables that mm-hmm. are used to calculate your required minimum distributions. Remember, Carrie, there's three tables, right? There's mm-hmm. the uniform life table, there is the joint life table, and there is the single life table. Right. right? Um, now, w- depending on your circumstance, one of those three tables is used to calculate your your required minimum distribution. And this 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 all started from when President Trump's early uh, directive, uh, executive order, much earlier, about a year prior to November, where he said he thought that the IRS should be, you know, updating the life expectancy, meaning that we're living longer. So why not change the tables to reflect the longer life expectancies of American taxpayers? So by extending the age life expectancy, you're theoretically lowering the required minimum distribution, right? Now, that is not into effect right now, okay? So what happened in November of last year, the IRS issued proposed regulations. And, and, and when they issue proposed regulations, they throw it out to the public for responses, you know? And mm-hmm. then now if, if it goes through as proposed, it would not take effect until year 2021. Okay. Okay. Um, now, so um, that yeah. now, what, you know, so, you know, when do you use the, you know, I mean, so most people, you're going to use the uniform life table, you know, mm-hmm. and that's basically um, it take, it looks at somebody like in this case, uh, let's say 70 year old and a phantom second person, 10 years younger, 60 year old. So it's the joint life expectancy of a 70 year old and a 60 year old. So for right now, you know, that would be 27.4 years. Okay. And that's roughly about 3.65%. Under the new rules, okay, it doesn't, it's not a game changer necessarily. Okay. It would, it, the factor in, in year one would not be, or at age 70, you know, would not be 27.4. It goes all the way up to 
Okay. So the percentage, instead of taking out 3.65%, you take out 3.44%. Okay. I don't know if you get real excited about that, but some people are asking about that. Um, so you could also say, Carrie, well, why are these other tables out there? Well, the uniform life table, as I said, that's the general one you're going to use if it's your IRA. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, um, there's one exception to that. You know, if you are married, okay, and your spouse is the sole beneficiary of your IRA and your spouse is more than 10 years younger than you, you get to use a different table. Okay. You get to use the joint life expectancy table. Okay. And that would be a slower, because that's a longer life expectancy now, joint life expectancy. And so that's a, a lower RMD. So some people look to do that. The third table, life expectancy table, I mentioned is the single life, you know, life expectancy table. And that would be used if you are a non-spouse beneficiary of an IRA. Now, once again, Carrie, I'm using IRA broadly here. Right. right? That could be a 401k, a 403b, a 457, a simple SEP. You get the picture, right? Any qualified plan that's subject to the required minimum distributions. All right. So the single life table is though is, are used for non-spouse beneficiaries, okay? Because okay? remember, only the spouse can do the rollover thing, right, and make the decedent's IRA their own. Non-spouse beneficiaries can't do that. Non-spouse beneficiaries can't delay required minimums until they're age 70 and a half, uh, or now it'll be age 72 under the SECURE Act. Um, they have to begin distributions within a year after the owner's passing, all right? Um, but the table that they get to use is based on their single life expectancy. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, and, 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 and that's what led to a concept called the stretch IRA, right? So now we're going to circle back because people are saying, well, Mark, I thought the SECURE Act is going to change the stretch IRA. Okay. And yes, we now call it, I call it, Carrie, the less stretched IRA. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because under the current rule, Yes, it, you know the the stretch IRA is just the, the, a, a marketing term that was made up to reflect how a non-spouse beneficiary, you know, can you know take required minimum distributions over their single lifetime, which could be a very long time. Mm -hmm. okay, especially if you know grandma's leaving her IRA to her you know twenty five year old grandchild. Right. Okay. Um, now, so we got that term stretch. Well. Part of the SECURE Act, because of the benefits that are provided in the SECURE Act, they had to find a way to pay for it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So one of the ways they're paid for, and they, they're taking that stretch, they're limiting the stretch. Okay. So it's no longer you get to stretch out over your single life table. You have a 10-year period to mm -hmm. get the IRA out. Now, a lot of people are jumping off the bridges when they hear that. And I don't know if it's as big as deal as you may be worrying about. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but again, first of all, let's say, let's talk about who the new less stretched rules don't apply to. Okay. Um, okay. Now, one would be a spouse. Okay. okay. So if you, you know, if, 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 if uh, spouses, who are beneficiaries of their spouse's IRAs are not subject to the 10-year rule, okay? Um, anybody who is disabled or chronic illness is exempted from the 10-year uh, distribution rule, okay? Here's another weird one. Beneficiaries, non-spouse beneficiaries, that are 10 years younger than the account holder, 
Okay, so they're exempted. Okay, um, minors, those under age 18, they don't have to follow the 10 year uh, distribution rule. I believe the way the law is stated is that their 10 year clock doesn't start ticking until they attain age 18. Now, I believe they will still have to do a required minimum based on the single life expectancy table while, you know, and, until that happens. Okay. Um, it also, Carrie, does not affect those non-spouse beneficiaries who inherited the IRA prior to 2020. Okay. So it's another one of the grandfathering clauses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where you're somewhat grandfathered. So in other words, if you've already inherited you know, you being a non-spouse beneficiary of, you know, an IRA, you know, you still follow the stretch rules. Okay. So um, now what else is involved in the SECURE Act? Um, well, you know, it's it's going to let you continue to make IRA contributions at any age, as long as you've got the earned income, you know, the support. Mm-hmm. So under the current law, you know, once you've attained your required minimum age, even if you're still working, you can no longer make traditional IRA contributions. Okay. This new law does away with that. All right. Um, now you can, however, if you have a company plan and you're, you can still contribute to that. Well, that's always been the case, right? right. If, but if, I'm if, saying if, that yeah. doesn't change. No, there's no change to the 401k rules along those lines. Um, it also is going to allow um, new, you know, to as incentives for for getting more people to invest in retirement plans without the threat. They're saying, hey, you know, one of the roadblocks that people are afraid to invest, thinking I, times in my life before 59 and a half, I need money. Right. Okay. Um, so one of the Secure Act says that it would let new parents withdraw five thousand dollars from retirement accounts. You know, okay. penalty free. You know, for uh, for uh, to care for expenses related to a new child. Um, it's also if you are working for a company that doesn't offer you, maybe it's a small company and they don't offer any type of 401k um, under the new law, they may start. Okay, because it's what's going to allow is smaller companies to, you know, join together what we call MAPs, right? You know, mm-hmm. multiple employer plans where they can, con- you know, consolidate expenses and, you know, work together and smaller companies can go into, a, you know, a, a, a plan that, you know, they, they can, it's affordable for them to offer it to employees. Um, the other thing that's happening with the 401ks, mentioning the 401ks under the SECURE Act, is that, you know, they're going to bring in the idea of having annuities available in 401ks. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, we've talked about that on prior shows, and we'll certainly be talking about that throughout the year. Um, so uh, another change with the SECURE Act that may affect you, may not, you know, you know is if you have 529, you know, college savings plans. Okay. Um, you know, it, it, it's, you know, there, well, depending, you know, remember this was one that was highly contested while the bill was being drafted, both in the house and in the Senate. And at one point, you know, there were certain members of Congress, uh, who were trying to put in language that would allow 529 accounts to be used for homeschooling, you know, um, and I'm that's not exactly didn't, you know, but, you know, of course that didn't make it right you know because uh i think the 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 school unions um weren't too happy about that but you know that still allows 529 plans um that you can pay for student loans um and and apprentices and something like that so 
Um, you know, so we'll certainly be talking about the Secure Act. It's still relatively freshly painted, right? And we're still kind of waiting for the paint to dry, and and you know, it's going to be somewhat of a time period before all the custodians start getting out their you know summaries and and how they're going to try to track all this. So stay tuned, and we'll be talking about well, and, and the thing with the Secure Act, like anything, um, any law changes that it leaves a potential opportunity for. For some people out there. And if you don't know, that's what the free consultation is about. I mean, part of what we do is say, um, this is how we think we can help you. These are opportunities. These are potential problems. And this is our approach to planning. Um, and remember, we offer a free, no obligation consultation. We do consultations by phone or in person, and there's no pressure at our consultations. We want our clients to want to work with us and be with us a long time. If you listen, to, if you go to our podcast, um, end of December, we did programs on maintenance planning and what happens and the importance of maintenance. If you want to go back and hear other shows, um, we've been lucky enough to have clients with us many years. We're working with children of clients and now working with grandchildren's grandchildren of our original clients. So take advantage of the free consultation if you want to talk about your specific issues. If you want general planning and strategies and concepts, um, come out to our updated planning classes in January. They're free. There's a great handout included. We do ask that you pre-register due to limited seating. We already have people signed up, so it's not too early. You can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, uh, Karen, I want to talk about maintenance, you know, because um, you mentioned that that was what we focused on in December, how mm-hmm. the maintenance idea of, you know, once you build a financial plan, the idea is you don't stick into a sock drawer for right. 30 years, right? You know, we're very active planners at the estate planning team, right? And so we'll talk a little bit about what, you know, we'll expand on that and say, well, what are we doing or what should you be doing at home in January right. you know, under a financial planning maintenance, you know, calendar, right? But before I get to that, you know, just a, just a comment about, the annuities in the 401ks. It's going to be really interesting to see how the public reacts to that. Um, And, you know, and what happened was it was kind of a, it was kind of a growing effort in the background, you know, that got to the Congress, congressman's ears. And it, it all started with the idea that, you know, a lot of people now are kind of saying the 401k has been a completely disastrous retirement plan for the baby boomers. All right. It just it it basically it failed. All right. And maybe those guaranteed pensions weren't such a bad thing, Mm -hmm. you know, that the the baby boomers parents had, you know, to support their retirement. The idea of a guaranteed income, you know, for many as long as you're living. Um, So, you know, and and there are a lot of studies done over the, you know, 40 years, certainly in the last 10 years of the 401k um, that, you know, led to the, you know, that down that path. And saying, you know, one in particular was from the TIAA. You know who they are, Gary. Right. right. Okay. So back in 17, 2017, they did a study and, you know, 70 percent of the respondents said that receiving a guaranteed monthly paycheck during retirement was important to them. Seventy percent. Yet when they asked those same people how many of them have purchased an annuity, about 13 percent. Hmm. That's quite a gap. 70% like the idea of a guaranteed income, but only 13% have done anything, you know, to, 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 to set one up. 
Well, okay. I think there's that disconnect a lot, which happens a lot in planning because people don't understand it or they're confused by the concept and do, or doesn't really know how it fits. What's the plan? Right. And then further, they asked them, well, um, they asked the ones who um, have, have recently retired, how many of you have bought an annuity? 12%. Hmm. Okay. So um, now, again, certainly, you know, the fixed annuity industry, the life insurance industry, very strong lobby. Um, you know, I'm sure we're promoting the SECURE Act, you know, to get, you know, the ability. So we'll see how the public reacts to the new annuities being offered inside your 401k plans. Um, all right. So maintenance in January. Well, one thing, you know, what we're doing for our clients right now is we're getting their net worth reports updated, right? Because you want to kind of take an accounting. And if you're going to do an accounting, December 31st is a good plan to do it, right? Because most of our financial plans are built around the calendar year. You know? mm-hmm. So we have a, and so what we want to know is, are you anywhere near plan? <laughs> are you ahead of plan? Are I you would, behind plan? And I'm thinking a lot of people are going to be ahead of plan. Would be this, my guess. This I would year, think this year, with you know, considering our plans are always based on conservative um, assumptions, I would hope at least. And let me tell you, if you're probably not ahead of plan or you didn't get good returns in 2019, that's an issue. Yeah. Um, so a very good year in the stock market, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the you know, and and so we'll talk a little bit about that. But all right, so. Yeah, so the idea is, you know, you update the net worth. That's going to be especially true or important if you have, um, if you are already in the required minimum distribution phase or will soon be there. You know, the idea of capturing those year-end balances in those accounts so you can start planning, you know, your required minimum distribution accordingly. Um, Another thing right now is the fourth quarter estimate, Gary, right? Mm-hmm. So if you are making or scheduled to make estimated income tax payments, the fourth quarter one is due January 15th, mm-hmm. right? Um, now, this is especially important if you're planning, you know, you're using a current year safe harbor, meaning you are basing your estimates based on what you think your actual tax liability was going to be for 2019, right? Remember, there are two safe harbors you can use. You can use the previous year safe harbor, which you just pay 100% of the previous year's tax, or 110% if you're the previous year your adjusted gross income was in excess of $150,000, or you can base on a current year safe harbor where you want to pay in. You know now that's harder to do, right? Because you don't know. You know the previous year safe harbor. There's no guesswork involved. We know what the number is. Current year safe harbor. It, what happens during the year all the way up to December 31st matters, right? That's one of the reasons why the fourth quarter estimate isn't due until after mm-hmm. the end of the year, right? Um, and also, you don't have to hit it exact. The government gives you a 10% buffer. You know, that as long as you've got at least 90% of your actual tax liability paid in timely, you're covered under the current year safe harbor. That means you might owe on April 15th, but you may owe without penalty, and you really don't want to pay the government early. Right. And so, you know, so then that's the ideal, you know, that's that concept, you know, with the state planning team, you know, we're very active planners. We don't necessarily love it when our clients get huge refunds, 
Right. Now, if that's their choice, that's their choice. It's their plan, not ours. Right. But at least we we try to say, you know, it's okay to owe money on April 15th and have the money working for you and, and not still owe a penalty as long as you meet one of these safe harbors. So, you know, this is the time where if, you know, we also talk about coordination of advisors. So this is where, you know, because it is a, a tight time, you know, window, you know, between the end of the year and January 15th when you have to get a checkout, Right. So, you know, right now we're working with a lot of our clients, CPAs, and their investment advisors, a coordination of efforts, right? We're saying, okay, what were the actual capital gains, interest, and dividends if, if the client has taxable accounts? You know, with the CPA, can you run and uh, let's update the pro forma, you mm-hmm. know, because we now have, we have our final, you know, pay stubs or, you know, we know exactly how much was withheld, for example, right. you know, or we've got these other final numbers now. We have a short time period. We better all work together to get this done. Right. Okay. And if you're not having those discussions with your CPA or your investment advisor, maybe, you know, this is, you know, part of what your New Year's resolution should be is, okay, maybe I need to get my advisors working together on my plan. And a lot of people don't want to do that. I mean, that's part of what, I mean, we have our clients involved in the process, but a lot of people, um, let us help coordinate that because we know what questions to ask. We know what we need from the different, we know what we need from the investment advisor and to relay the correct information right? to make sure that you're. Yeah, that's the coordination of right. professional. But I'm just saying a lot yeah. of times people say, well, I got this. And then we actually call the investment person. What yeah. they got was wrong. And then it. There's a lot, a lot of analogies you can make here. Right. I always like the one of kind of the, 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 the corporation CEO. Right. I mean, he can't possibly get his hands on every part of the department of this corporation. Mm -hmm. He relies on middle management to work together and just bring me the executive summary. Right. And that's what we have clients that want to enjoy their life and live their life. And they frankly want the executive summary. And then we have other people that want to help and be in the detail. Yeah. It's it's your plan, not your neighbor. And we adjust for what our clients need. Right. And so as much as saying, you know, in that fourth quarter estimate, you also, you know, what's maybe more important than um, missing um, or or getting a a smaller refund, uh, maybe missing it so much that you end up paying a penalty because you missed the 90% because you uh, underestimated the capital gains, you know, or something like that. So that's why it's important to do. Another one at this time right now, Carrie, is the, you know, the complex trust 65-day rule, right? Um, and this is the idea where, um, you know, that, uh, you know, let's say you are the beneficiary of a, um, either a parent's trust or a grandparent's trust, perhaps, um, you know, or, you know, or, you know, a rich uncle, right, Carrie? Mm-hmm. Um, the idea is that, you know, the, there's this irrevocable trust because the you know, one who created the trust has now died. But you as a beneficiary didn't just get it handed to you. Right. Remember, sometimes we used to call this a dynasty trust, right? Mm-hmm. Or, a, you know, a, a, a spendthrift trust or, you know, a discretionary trust. You know, the idea that the money, the wealth is held in trust beyond the owner's death. Mm-hmm. And then the beneficiaries get a certain amount of it throughout their lifetime, mm-hmm. right? Or, you know, based on a distribution schedule that the decedent set up prior to dying, right? And in that case, that's trust, right, is its own legal entity, right? It's filing its own tax return. You know, individuals file 1040s, trusts and estates file 1041s, right? Um, and so th- there's this concept of saying that, 
a lot of the planning is that, you know, how much income, how much taxable income is any one year is going to be distributed out to the beneficiaries or if not going to be held inside the trust, the irrevocable trust. The problem is the trust, you know, on a 1041 pays a higher tax than the individual. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's all this uh, trust and tax accounting going on. And, you know, so there's a very favorable rule that says, actually, you have until 65 days, uh, you know, any distribution by an estate or trust within the first 65 days of the tax year can be treated as have being made on the last day of the preceding year. So it gives you your CPA and your trust administrator, the trustee time and your and whoever is in managing the assets in the trust time to figure out what's the best distribution that lowers the overall tax liability. All right. Now, if, if you don't understand, if you don't understand what I'm talking about, it's OK. Mm-hmm. All right. Because it might not apply to you. All I'm saying is if 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 you are a beneficiary of one of these irrevocable trusts, and you are not having annual discussions with the trustee or the plan administrator or the investment advisor or the CPA, you may be missing a great tax opportunity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, what? so let's talk about 2020 because the 65-day rule, okay, would normally make that drop dead, that drop dead date March 6th, mm-hmm. except for this year, Carrie. Because, because of a leap year. Because of the leap year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so because 2020 is a leap year, um, it's now March 5th. Okay, it's still 65 days, but you have to, you know, so just be aware of that. Um, so those are just a couple of examples of how you have to, you know, if you want the best results, you know, you've got to stay active in your maintenance planning or your financial planning. And we can't stress enough how coordination of advisors is important. Right. And that's why you should take advantage of a free consultation to see if working with the estate planning team can provide you value and benefit. Um, and again, we only recommend our services if we can really help you. Um, sometimes we can't justify what your needs don't fit our planning or we can't justify our fees. So we'll at least give you some tips or point you in the right direction. Um, planning can benefit of states of many sizes. We have that call. We have small estates and we have states that are in the um, multiple millions. So it really varies on the circumstances. If you want to take advantage of a free consultation or come out to our free educational classes, you can call 440-239-2090. Leave a message. We'll call you back on Monday. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit the website. If you go online, you will get a response by Monday, if not sooner, um, with a confirmation. That's financialfoodforthought.com. All right, I care so much. I don't even know what to get to next. Um, do I have time to do 2020 recession? Well, don't worry about it, Carrie, because there's, there's no recession in 2020. You know, Carrie, I don't know what worries me more. You know, when a year ago, 70% of the so-called economic experts, experts were all saying that we're going to have a recession in 2020. Or, you know, right now, with, you can't even find one. Who, who says that? See, it's different this time. Um, what a difference a year diff- makes. Everything's different. Well, at least time. it was different until, you know, President Trump, you know, authorized a drone attack on an Iranian general. But, um, yeah, I mean, CNBC headlines. Don't look now, but Goldman Sachs is saying the economy is nearly recession proof. That scares me. Why? When you see headlines like that. Um, you know, but, you know, uh, no one, no one. Clippinger, no recession. 
University of Michigan, no recession in 2020. Moody's, uh, no recession in 2020. Trump, Trump's trade truce has reduced odds to well less than even. Okay, uh, Encore uh, advisors, no, uh, no 2020 recession. Economy will stay positive. Lord Abbott, uh, no recession in 2020. They see no evidence of a recession in 2020, and the dynamics that cause a recession has yet to be developed. Right? J.P. Morgan, no recession in 2020. We anticipate modest growth and and um, profits rebound now that the worst case trade outcomes may be avoided. So I don't know if there's anyone in in uh, of the so-called experts who are still yet predicting a recession in 2020. So that's the good news, right? Because we're not going to have a recession in 2020, Gary. Um, you know, now, so is that, so if you were planning, mm-hmm. if you had modeled in, if you had told the robot to model in a recession in 2020, how do you adjust your plan going forward? Do you just then say, well, we're never going to have a recession again? Maybe. There's some people that think that and want to build a plan based on that. But is that realistic? Or maybe. Or you just say, no, I no longer believe it's going to happen in 2020. So I'm just going to push it out a year. Or maybe you're going to wait and see what happens with the election. Um, (laughs) So I could talk another two hours about that. But uh, let's move on. Um, All right. So as I mentioned, in January, we're going to be highlighting how to build a custom financial plan, right, um, over the over the our radio shows. You can always get them on podcasts if you, if you miss one or want to go back and listen to them. And I want to start, Carrie, at the beginning, right? Um, and by the beginning, I mean, you know, we just mentioned, you know, getting an accurate net worth, very important, okay? Um, and, you know, because you need that, you know, balance sheet accounting, right? You need to know where am I at? And, and, and the idea that any financial model is going to project where your net worth is a year from now, five years from now, or 10 years from now, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea is you, you have a measuring stick to measure, to measure your progress, right? Mm-hmm. That's the whole, so, so a lot of people who, who, who are scratching their heads saying, well, I don't know where, I was, where my net worth was supposed to be at the end of the year, Mark. So how, how do I know if I'm on plan or not? Mm-hmm. Well, that's our point. Right. Um, you know, now, so, you know, there, there's that. And, and again, um, goals and objectives, right? You know, we always say in the show, this is not your parents' plan. You know, it's not your coworkers' plan. It's not your neighbor's plan. Okay, this is your plan. You got to sharpen your own elbows and you've got to, you know, base it on your goals, your objectives, and your assumptions. All right. Um, now, so when we start, Carrie, a building a financial plan, we start with expenses, right? Um, I mean, well, after the net worth, right? I mean, that's, again, the first step. But as far as, you know, what assumptions we're going to put in the plan. And why do we start with expenses? Because they're unlimited, Mm-hmm. You know, over the decades, over the you know thirty-five years, we've realized that there is no end of what our clients might want to spend money on. Right, and it's all across the board. We have people that are very frugal that even maybe they're they're they like the freedom of time and they're not spending expensive things. And other people, they've worked hard, they really haven't had time to enjoy it, and they really want to spend big. Right now, income we don't forget about. We circle no. back and talk about income, but in, from an income side, Carrie, it's really very limited. I was going to say, and it's easy. You know what your Social Security is going to be. 
Well, with the analysis and timing, you know, if you have a pension, are you going to take a lump sum versus pension elections? But that's a known. That's not a variable. Once you make that election, that's a known. Right. And I'm not talking about income from your passive investments. Right. Not talking about that. You're talking about wages. W-2 wages. You know, you know, you know when you're going to retire, the wages end. Right. Okay. You know whether or not you have a pension. Right. Um, Social Security. Yeah. You have some options, you know, about when to begin. But once you've made that, uh, you know, made that plan, you know, okay, you know. All right. Um, So, you know, the idea of, um, you know, is saying, okay, so if um, so let's so so let's put income on the side. Let's go back to expenses because expenses, there's as I said, there's no limit. So normally when we ask this uh, new client. They say, well, let's talk about your expenses. They give us like off the, a number off the top of their head, Carrie, right there. They say, uh, they, everybody has a, kind of an idea. Oh, 5000 a month. That's 60000 mm-hmm. a year. Okay. So what do they mean by that? Well, generally, Carrie, what we found over the decades is that they really just give us like what we call the daily living expenses. Mm-hmm. Utilities, you know, um, the grocery bill, you know, the... Uh, the, the the car payment or not even the car payment sometimes it's just the the gasoline and right the, the property um, taxes the real estate the, taxes right the pet um, that you know pet expenses pet can expenses. be a big one for pet owners um, you know those types of things um, and we say okay well that's a good start right but what we've found is what things that maybe they forget to tell the robot on top of the sixty thousand a year that they spend right. So think of a pyramid, Carrie, and if you come to the class, and Carrie, you're going to announce the class here again, but if you come to the retirement plan class, we have an example of the expense pyramid, right, that you can see. But think of a pyramid. So the top, you know, block is daily living expenses. And those we, we're pretty much going to say are mandatory. Now, you could make a uh, argument that any expense has a discretionary element to it. But once you tell us what the grocery bill is, eh, we're not going to talk too much more about it, right? Right. And we're just going to assume that that whole kit and caboodle, in my example, 60000 is just going to be annual ongoing, and we're just going to slap some inflation rate onto it, you know, 3%, let's say. Um, now, but what's the next level of the pyramid? Okay, well, a lot of people have not budgeted in, in that number, an adequate amount for health insurance. Okay, Um, so especially if you plan on retiring pre-Medicare, right, Mm -hmm. where you have to get your health insurance on your own, Um, you know, or do you even know what the cost of Medicare is, especially if you plan on using some type of Medicare supplemental plan or Mm -hmm. prescription drug plan or something along those lines. So, again, and this is a particular expense that's going to change over your lifetime. You know, from going from if you're cover, if you're still working and covered by employer plan to retire pre sixty five pre Medicare to Medicare, right? Then healthcare can be a huge chunk in your retirement spending, right? And also, this is one where you may want to use tell the robot to use a higher inflation rate mm-hmm. to be more realistic, right? Um, okay, how about debt management? Okay, um, how about you know home mortgages, HELOCs, credit cards, student loans. Um, you know, 401k loans, margin loans. Um, you know, all right. Well, those things, sometimes people forget, you know, how to build a payoff of those in, in, in a retirement plan. All right. Um, in other words, maybe they have a goal that I want to get the debt done by a certain year Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, or, you know, there's variables there that, um, maybe they're planning on using debt 
you know, in other words, it, it's, you know, this is why I'm saying this is your plan, not, you know, Dave Ramsey's plan or, or whatever. Now, if you want to follow that, that's fine. But, you know, the idea is, we're, you know, we're not, you know, opposed to clients using financing as mm-hmm. part of their retirement plan as long as they can service the debt. Right. If servicing the debt becomes a problem, then we have a problem. Right. All right. Um, then, you know, you maybe go to the next level. You know, um, how about auto replacements? All right. Um, now, this is one, Carrie, that we get, you know, it, it always kind of amuses us. Not amuse, but we always find it like people don't sometimes think about this. You know, like we have a question, and the question here is saying, well, how much are you planning for automobile replacements over your, you know, let's say your retirement? Right. And a lot of times they leave it blank. And so when we ask the client, well, you didn't put a response there. And they say, well, Mark, I'm not planning on buying a car this year. Well, someday you might. And maybe you're someone, I mean, there's variables. Some people like want to lease a car, get a new car every three, four years. Other people like me will keep a car until it's not worth replacing because I put a ton of miles on it. I mean, at some point, realistically, unless you're much older, you are going to have to allocate dollars for a replacement vehicle. Right. Now, you know, all right, here's some other response we've got. Well, Mark, I drive my car into the ground. Yep. I, I 15 years minimum. Yep. Okay. Um, have you heard this one, Carrie, before? I was going to say, though, I keep my car at least 10, 12 years, maybe more. Okay. Have you heard this one? Oh, um, Mark, I'm not going to be buying cars when I'm 85 years old. Okay. Have you heard that one before? Yes. Carrie? Okay. Um, you know, I remember a few years ago, Carrie, we had, in one year, we we had three widows all over age 85. I think two were over age 90. Uh-huh. All who had to buy a car. And believe me, none of them were happy with it. Right. Happy about it. Mm-hmm. None of them ever thought they would have to buy one. Right. Again. But yet, they did. And let me tell you, in that group, there's a huge variability on what people spend. We have people that might spend 12000 and we had somebody in their may spend almost, what, 80000 I mean, it really varies on right. what Here- you want. Here's another one. Oh, Mark, we won't need two cars when we're retired. Which, although, Mark, we have some clients that have gone, very few that have gone down to a one-car scenario. Yeah. and But very few. It's the exception, Carrie, not normally the rule. Because two cars is very convenient. All right. Um, and most people, if I'm able physically and mentally able to drive... Most spouses on either side want their independence. They don't want to. They want right. to be able they to go. They don't want to be tied down. You know, one one car's in the shop. You need another car to get around. Or I was just you saying, know? they have their things, their friends, their doctors' activities. Yeah, I mean, you know, so I, you know, normally we say, well, you know, now I think after age eighty-five, it's more likely they're ready to go scale down to one car. Right. So well, you especially know, you get Uber and Lyft now. Well, well until the robots start <laughs> right. driving the cars, right? Um, Here's another one. How about if you're, let's take on the younger, how about um, the, uh, you're still raising kids, maybe they're uh, g- getting into college years, maybe they're recent college graduates, but not quite, you know, empty nesters yet. Um, do you need to budget in a car for the child? No, that's their responsibility if they're. We have a lot of clients right. that do. I know, but I'm you just know, saying, and some people say that's on them. Um, that's why right. it's a, you know, you know, personal. But in either case, you know, that's the idea that, you know, you have to kind of cover 
um, these, you know, what, what, what do you want to build into your plant, right? Um, home improvements. Okay. So this is kind of the, you know, to-do list or the wish, mm-hmm. you know, it could be, you know, the bathroom remodel, right? It could be kitchen remodel, could be windows, could be driveways, could be roofs, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's the idea that, you know, now here it's still a lot more discretionary, right, than the grocery bill. Right. Because, you know, how much of a kitchen remodel you do, you know, what's the price tag there? And Carrie, over the years, have we ever seen like a, a, a range of cost for a kitchen remodel? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of talk about range. We've had people spend 50000 And I remember when I started, which was. Well, what, 24 years ago, there was a couple that said, and they were frugal and they had a lot of money, but I remember they said they remodeled their kitchen and I had stopped to see it and they had gotten new curtains and throw rugs. And in their mind, that was a remodel. That was the remodel. And they spent under a hundred bucks. Right. And for them, that was a big deal because they didn't spend a dime on anything. And we have other people that go all out and tear it apart. 50,000, only the best. Right. And it's your plan. It's your money. Right. Um, so then you've got, so, you know, the home improvements and you could talk about um, a new home scenario, you know, or a second home scenario. All right. And then how, or a vacation home, you know, how, how do you build that in? All right. Let's go even further. How about, um, you know, they, sometimes uh, they don't talk about long-term care. In other words, they're, they're ignoring the long-term care dilemma, right? Um, you know, um, how about, you know, the life insurance Okay, you know, a lot of discussion about, well, am I going to keep, let's say there is, they have life insurance policies through, let's say, their employer or while they're working to replace wages in case one of them dies before retiring. But then they, then they're, they're, they're questioning, well, do I need any life insurance or do I need to budget any premiums for life insurance after that? So these are all things that, you know, we're not. And, and I'm I was going to say, you didn't even touch expenses. on all the expenses. So we'll continue along this topic um, all through the month of January on how you can build a custom financial plan. Take advantage of our free consultation or come out to our free educational planning classes in January. Call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. Go Browns, I think. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.